Hey guys, it's Simon again, and it is my absolute pleasure to welcome you to episode three of Learning from Humanity with Simon Funk, The Old and the Bold. In this episode, I had the privilege of interviewing a friend of mine named Vitali. Our conversation was wide-ranging, and we dug into my questions at a high level, and the insights that he provided were very well articulated and useful. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Vitali, what do you think living well looks like? Um, that's actually a very good question. Well, first of all, Simon, it's so cool to, to be here on this episode with you. Um, and I just wanted to say that it's a huge privilege and honor because every time I have a conversation with you, I walk away um, thinking differently. And a lot of times it's like a lot of like philosophical questions in life. And um, I like that you combine that uh, with uh, actually living well. So it's kind of interesting that you're asking this question. So I think living well for me represents waking up and being excited about what, you, what you're building. Okay. You know, living well means um, being able to steward things that you're trusted really well. Okay. Because I feel like very often, I'll speak for myself, it's easy for me to think that tomorrow something's going to be differently, you know, or in a month from now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do actually believe that living well means to be a good steward and a good lord of things that you have in your life that, uh, that you've been trusted. Okay. Yeah. And when you say building things, that could include building yourself, right? Absolutely. Like building, uh, whether it's... Um, whether it's building your character, which I think people should be focusing on before building a business or before building a brand or before building a company uh, because your character will stand out um, and speak louder than, you know, your resume or your, um, or your blueprint for the business that you're working on. Yeah, so building yourself, I think, is one of the most important things. Um, and... Uh, being excited about the man or woman that you're becoming, I think is part of also like living well. Yeah. (laughs) Being proud of, you know, who you're becoming, like not necessarily this like drastic change that happens like all of a sudden, but just be like, yeah, like today was a, was a normal day of like 24 hours and nobody got more than 24, you know, and I've, I'm just excited about what I've done with my day, whether it was working on myself or my business or, Uh, building my character yeah so stuff like that okay do you have any uh, rituals where it's like you're checking in with yourself saying hey this is what I accomplished during the day this is where I ended up any chain any way of reflecting for you actually yeah I find reflecting very helpful so what I usually do is that in the beginning of the day I have a list of things that I want to accomplish and I usually try to make notes on my apple like um, on my iphone Um, and when I when I make notes I try to make it with a with a check mark option you know yeah, so then when yeah. you when you've accomplished it you just feel good about like checking it off mm-hmm. your list um obviously like not um trying to rush yourself just into like check off those things but just to make sure that you keep track of what you're doing throughout the day um because the interesting thing about time is that you will never get it back and it will pass away like it'll pass by and if you've done something, you did it, like, you know, and you've accomplished something. But if you didn't do anything, mm-hmm. then you can never get it back. So mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, once, you know, the time has passed me by, I like to reflect and think and, you know, 
go over that list and see things that I didn't do and um, uh, see why I didn't do them, whether I can justify the reason or maybe I can step up my game and be less, you know, lazy or uh, less of a procrastinator the next day. So uh, practically speaking, yeah, like having, having a little list of things that I want to accomplish throughout the day is very helpful. And then checking it off makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So next, let's dig into your, your life. Mm-hmm. What's your story? Oh, shoot. I love this question. I feel like everybody has a story and it's just a matter of being able to tell it beautifully. I, <laughs> I just don't actually like this is funny because it's always a challenge for me to tell my, um, my story in a way that it would be um, and it would be like, you know, fun in a sense, because um, I feel like I always forget the most fun things uh, that I <laughs> should be speaking about. But um, I would say that my story is um, is just a story uh, of a person who's alive but also has dreams and goals. And I remember being very ambitious growing up. I remember being uh, I remember being told a lot that uh, a lot of things in your life will not work out. So just like be um, be ready to just like saddle. Um, so and I I made sure that that's not the true for me. Like I, I made sure that that's not going to be the case from for my story. Uh, so from uh, from my early you know stages of like just you know cognitive conscious of just like living and realizing what I want for myself and who I am. I uh, was born and raised in Ukraine in a country that's like right now with, uh, is like unfolding with a huge uh, war, you know. Um, but I was born and raised there. Economy wasn't, you know, the greatest. I had very loving, caring uh, family and, and parents. I was born in a family of seven kids, so I was the second youngest. And I moved to Brazil by myself when I was, uh, when I was uh, 17. I just graduated high school and I thought that I wanted something different for myself. I wanted my life experiences to be my university. So I went <laughs> to Brazil and I studied there in a college. It was a, it was a Bible college and I did an internship program which, was, um, which had 12 tracks. So each month you're stepping on a track which is going to bring you on a trajectory in which you can experience certain things in life like for example mine was connected to the church so I would do um, I would go to like uh, homeless people for the month of July you know and just like bring them food and bring them coffee and make sure that they have warm clothes and stuff like that which is in Brazil wasn't really that hard because like the nights were very warm anyway so um, and then the other track was like even dancing you just do dancing for a month and you develop that skill in yourself on the other track was videography and photography so like you develop and you dive into media it was really cool because it gives you a taste of life and what you really want to pursue which is like sick so I did it for a year and it was like it had like 12 or like I think it was like 12 tracks for a year so each month you do something um, different meanwhile you're also learning about like philosophy and uh, and psychology and um, all the other like cool like I I thought it was like very life-giving things at the moment and I still do and I would still do it again Uh, so that was very cool so I did that and I always I've been always Um, a bit of a just one moment can you uh, say what that program is called in case people are interested in it yeah so it was called Geração Vida which means in Portuguese means generation life Um, and they were located in Florianopolis Brazil uh, and, uh, yeah, and, uh, the subdivision that I was a part of what's called GV interns. 
So yeah, okay. yeah. Super cool. Yeah, so I loved it. And then I, I, f I feel like I've always been a little bit of a traveler in my life. So I always knew that I'm going to be able to detach myself from geographically called like home, you know, mm. and then go into places that I can eventually make uh, something that I can call home by like meeting people that I can k get close with and stuff. So, so that was like my story, you know, like I never felt like I was really attached to a geographical location. I always loved exploring and I always, um, was, I, I always got excited about thinking about life as an adventure, you know, like not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring. So I feel like <laughs> if I could, you know, title a book, I would say that my book would be called The Beauty of Unknown because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but I just get, uh, I, ch I just choose to get excited about tomorrow, you know, whether, um, whether I know it or not. So, yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Super cool. Yeah. Speaking of books. If you had the chance to write a rule book for life, what would a few of the rules be? Ooh, that's actually a really good question. I, um, I think I would include one of the rules is just um, rule on being kind. Okay. Like um, mandatory being kind to people, but also being kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that we often forget to do. Um, we think of very, um, um, very you know, uh, quick life kind of like passing things like that's, that's not our priority, but somehow it becomes our priority. Like for example, our appearance, you know, and because people don't see us a certain way we want to be seen, like we forget to be kind. And I think one of the rules would be to be kind, to be compassionate and to be passionate. Um, okay. Yeah. So those are like the three rules that I would, uh, honestly like and obviously like diving deeper into that i would say um never judge before knowing someone someone's uh reason why or someone's story okay. um i think like i'm i'm a person of faith like i i base a lot of my uh life in in christ and in jesus so for me like i learn a lot from from jesus a guy who lived like over 2000 years like who was born over 2000 year like 2000 years ago and uh, until this day, people still, you know, like get inspired and motivated by what he said and his disciples wrote it down and people still read it and get like fresh revelations and information like every day, which is like really, really sick. The guy never had a flyer, never had Instagram, never had a website and <laughs> people speak about him until like today. So which is like super sick. I think it's, a, it's the biggest inspiration for me. So I think I've learned from him being kind to others like there's so many things where people would bring him you know sinners or like somebody who met like who messed up their life and be like yeah like take the stone you know and beat them up with rocks you know and jesus would be like no like because he knew their story like you know mm -hmm. so it's like once you know someone's reason why for why they're a certain way or uh what they're doing i feel like you become instantly like a lot more kinder to them wow yeah that has a really good ring to it be kind, be passionate, be compassionate. Yeah. And it's kind of, uh, you're taking kindness and passion and you're putting them together in compassion. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. super cool. Yeah, thank you. Okay, we were talking about how we treat other people. Do you have any advice on relationships, including the one with yourself? Ooh, that's, that's a really good one. Uh, but I also have a question. Am I allowed to like ask you back? Oh, 
Um, I might flounder, and it might have a, <laughs> okay. a little bit funny, but feel free. Yeah, no, because sometimes I just feel curious. What would you say? Like, just just bouncing back to our previous, like to your previous question, what would you say? Like, your rule for life would be, um, like one of the top five or whatever. I have my issue is that I make too many rules. Oh, really? And I really I like having a lot of rules, but the the highest one is to be honest. Mm, I believe I in being that. honest with myself and I believe in being honest with other people and this may sound a little bit unusual but I if my entire life were to be played on a video screen in front of everyone mm. I don't want to be ashamed of anything that I do mm. wow that's actually so cool I actually recently had a conversation with my girlfriend and that's what I told her I said try to live a day feeling like there is a video crew filming you like, would you still do everything that you're doing? And it wasn't, like, for something that she's done or I did. It's just, like, for fun. It's, like, yeah. how do you behave when you feel like everybody's watching you, right? Like, yeah. rather than when you feel like, oh, I, like, I'm, I'm just here by myself and, you know, and, like, nobody knows what I'm doing. It's, it's, a, it's fun. It's fun. I like it. I think, uh, the, uh, I think the reality is that if everyone had to go through that and everyone could see everything about everyone else... Mm none of us would have any reason to feel shamed by the way that we are because we are all less than we could be and we all fail so mm. that if everyone was aware of all the other things in each other's lives then we would have mercy for each other because yeah. we realize that everyone struggles everyone suffers everyone has challenges mm. and because of that the compassion would come up mm -hmm. And we, would, we wouldn't be afraid of being ourselves anymore. Yeah, yeah that's actually so true. I, I, I heard in a sermon a while ago by T.D. Jakes, he said that each and every one of us has something about our life that would make it to the paper news headlines. And yet we are <laughs> judging others, you know, for their lives making it to the newspapers, you know, because something mm. dirty about their life came up. Mm. And I thought to myself, that's actually so real. Like, I have something, you know... Um, that would make it to the top of the, you know, to the stories, like the, to the, you know, cover of the magazine. And it's like, you know, and everybody has some, some stuff that they're, they were going through or that's happening in the family or with their friends. And it's like, but yet sometimes we just feel like we're the only ones going through something outstanding, you know? So it's mm. actually really cool. I, I really like it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. let's get back to the question. Yeah. To the you. question about uh, relationship advice. advice yes. Yeah. Including the one with yourself. Yeah. Well, I honestly think that it's so cool that you're highlighting um, like a relationship with yourself. I think relationship with yourself is one of the most important relationships you, you should have in life. Um, and if people are like, what do you mean relationship with yourself? Well, the way you talk to yourself, the way mm -hmm. you ask yourself questions, the way you motivate yourself, that's the relationship that you have the way you treat yourself, what, what do you say about yourself when nobody's listening, you know, what's mm -hmm. the self-talk you have in your mind. So I think this is the second most important relationship in life, I would say. Um, but the first, number one, my priority, the most rela most important relationship with, uh, for me is, is my relationship with God. Um, just being a person of faith and believing in Jesus, I also believe that it's a living God that I can have a, relationship with mm -hmm. and for me when COVID hit I was like I was honestly on the grind like I started my pressure washing company like I was making a lot of money 
um, I was doing uh, really well. Um, and once, you know, um, you know, a year passed by, like, I just felt like everything was falling apart. Um, I wasn't running the business anymore. Um, there were so many things that changed my perspective on life and I got stuck, um, because somebody in the, in the house where I lived, like they had COVID. So it was like wild. And I ended up realizing that like for two weeks, my life just like disappeared. Like I dropped everything I was doing. So that moment when I felt like everything was like, um, you know, like I felt like ice was melting underneath my feet and I didn't have any footing to stand on. Mm. And that's when I realized I went for a prayer walk and I love, I still love doing prayer walks, you know, like when you just go and you, you know, you put away your stuff that you're working on and you just kind of like talk to, talk to God the way you can, the way you, you are able. And for me, it was, I was talking to God and I was like, what's going on with my life? And God spoke to me and he said, um, the reason why I'm allowing you to go through like, you know, two weeks and, and months of like loneliness and, and, and being misunderstood and losing your business and doing this and this and this. And the reason why I'm not sending it your way, but I'm allowing you to go through this so you can actually rebuild your relationship and allow your relationship with me to derive and feed into all the other relationships. Because if you, if you go throughout life, you'll notice that people are really quick at telling you who you are and what you're supposed to do and what you're mm -hmm. not supposed to do. But you have to find out for yourself. So if you don't have that security in yourself and you don't have that relationship with God to find out who you really are and you're, con uh, you're uh, confused about your identity and you're confused about who you are and your self-talk is always negative, like you're, it's not going to work out, you're never going to reach your goals, you're never going to find the person of your dreams you know, or expectation. It's like you always say those things to yourself, like that's never going to come into fruition. And then that affects your other, you know, like less, you know, of a priority relationship. Like... Uh, people and the way you see yourself like uh, the more I live the the more um, I realize that it's hard for me to be around people that are very insecure about themselves because all my energy goes to to like inspire them and encourage them when in reality all the energy could have been going towards collaborating and doing something together so mm. um, anyways but that's that's a little bit of a different subject but I think the most like uh, an advice that I would have is that please like uh, spend uh, weeks and, and, and obviously like months on building a relationship with yourself and positively speaking into your life out of knowing who you are. Um, yeah. Hmm. And just one thing that I really want to add to that is that one of the first steps mm -hmm. towards having positive self-talk is to learn to listen to your self-talk. Because mm. uh, I've had moments where I had no idea how mean I was being to myself. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then just I... I stopped for a second and I was like, Simon, you actually said that to yourself. Mm, you wow. sound like all the coaches that didn't lead to you succeeding. You sound like all the coaches that made you, well, perform worse. Mm. And imagine having your worst coach in your head 24-7. Oh, shoot, yeah. That would be very unhealthy and very counteractive, so... I think that it's very important to be able to listen mm -hmm. so that you can notice where you're at yeah. and then direct your focus towards where you want to be, towards the healthy state that Vitaly was talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, moving away from ourselves, do you have any specific advice on friendship or love? Oh, yeah. Um, that's actually really cool. I, I think one thing that I've learned about I truly discovered, you know, um, relationship or love for myself 
before, um, I just want to give like before and after. So before, um, before I was like 21 years old, all my relations were based on kind of like, uh, I need to fit in, you mm. know, I need to be a part of a community. Well, this is what you see in movies or this is what you see. Like, you know, the cool people are always loud, you know, the cool people are always <laughs> talking. And then I realized like, it's not really the case. Like, some what some of the most wise people I've ever met were actually really 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 uh, uh, really the last person to speak into in the room mm-hmm. you know and stuff yeah. like that so I realized that I wanted to go a different way instead of um, spending all my energy to, to fitting in and building relationship that I never needed or wanted um, or want it for a wrong reason I realized that I might I would much rather spending the energy uh, and be myself and even being okay with like standing out and not being the loudest person in the room and not being, you know, and not laughing when I don't think it's funny, you know, and stuff <laughs> like that. It's like not, uh, trying to fit in by neglecting your priorities, your character, your dreams, your goals, your visions, like not, not complying with people. They're not going the same way. Um, in a sense, like, uh, so uh, so for me, that was like really cool in terms of relationship or like in terms of friendships, right? Like because a lot of my friendships right now are flowing effortlessly, which is sick. Like I don't yeah. need to, you know, spend uh, my time to secure them in my life. Like I know mm-hmm. that we're going the same way. I've learned to um, let go a lot of my friends, uh, realizing that some of it is first of all like not healthy. Some of it is just like not worth it, like spending time and with with no intention of like burning the bridges like no but just mm-hmm. kind of like realizing oh maybe we are not going like the same direction maybe we're mm-hmm. not interested in like similar things in life i um remember just having a friend and uh i just ended up graduating from college and everything he wanted to do was like play video games <laughs> and i was like i love i loved spending time with him but when it became all about video games i had to withdraw myself and be like hey listen like i don't think that's the direction i want to go uh, mm-hmm. so that friendship ended up like taking a little bit of a hit because now, uh, he wants to spend all the time playing video games when that wasn't my desire. I wanted to build a business, you know, I wanted to do something else where for him, like he could even pursue, he was so good that he could even pursue like the career in video gaming and hmm. stuff. Now, when it comes to love, I do really believe that you cannot be looking for love unless you're willing to give love. It's uh, love is uh, is give and take, and um, and what what's really helping me with uh, relationship that I'm in right now. I'm I'm in a relationship with a beautiful girl. Uh, she's an amazing girl inside out. She's so awesome, um, and um, I learned so much from her. And being in a relationship with her, like speaking of that kind of romantic love, I would say that when you're looking for a relationship, make sure that you are checking in with three C's, compatibility, connection, and chemistry, because chemistry is the spark that everybody's talking about in high school you know it's like oh yeah. like this girl's hot you know or yeah, this you girl's catch the awesome. feels. yeah you catch the feels and you get so excited but that's that's the chemistry chemistry will never last long that's why they call it a spark you know it's mm-hmm. like it's just like such a such a short lasting experience you know but then what's going to get you through life is the connection 
like when you are not physically attracted to this person, you know, because there will be times when beauty fades. Like mm-hmm. what's there that's your footing that your love will stand on, you know, your mm-hmm. attraction towards each other. So if your attraction towards each other is based on uh, connection, it's like, wow, like I'm really connecting with this person. Like we are on the same wave, you know, we're in the same frequency. We are vibing, you know, with, uh, with what our souls are longing for, with what our hearts are longing for, the way we think. If there is that connection, then... Um, the, you have like one of the highest chances to actually last through through life you know with this with this person um, and the third one is compatibility which is like um, you know back in the day it was a lot easier to to figure out compatibility because it's like oh wait uh, wait a second you live in this city I live in the city now it's like hey I got a job that's like calling me to Toronto but I want to live in Vancouver and you live in Kelowna, let's say. So like, what's going to happen, you know? So the compatibility struggles a lot because a lot of people are, it's like, oh, you're so introverted, but every time you're going out, um, the other person in your relationship is just like not feeling like they're being included because they're like, or like extroverted, introverted, the difference can create like a lot of uh, dissonance in, uh, in compatibility. So I would say when you're looking for love, Make sure that you're willing to give that love and look for those three things that helped me personally, which is like chemistry. It's important to have that chemistry, but knowing that it's not going to last your entire life. So you need connection. And for connection to go and flow smoothly in your life, you need compatibility. It's like, I don't want to be driving five hours, you know, every day in order to see my girlfriend. You know, it's like, is Mm -hmm. it really going to work? You know, like, so compatibility is not the most important thing, but it's like, it's, it's what can create like a very smooth track for connection and for the and for the um and for the chemistry to flow yeah Mm. yeah cool i don't know if it was that like was that like connecting to the relationship and it definitely connected okay it's very specific little advice that's easy to remember the three c's i don't think many people forget that i really appreciate having something that will actually stick yeah so we're talking about people, we're talking about relationships, we're talking about love, we're talking about sharing things with people. Mm-hmm. You get the opportunity to share one experience with everyone on the planet. What would the experience be? Ooh. Um, it sounds kind of cliche, but I want to say the first experience that comes into my uh, into my head, and that's um, jumping out of the plane with a parachute, obviously. <laughs> and the reason why I'm saying this is because it's like you're voluntarily facing your fears and you're facing the unexpected and you're facing the unknown uh and the reason why i'm sharing it's because i don't want to tie it into like oh you need to go skydiving but i want you to create that experience when you're doing something that you are being wise obviously you have a parachute on Mm -hmm. your back um, but you're also jumping into something that you've never experienced before so just if i could share just that one experience with anyone on planet earth i would say I want them to experience that idea of unknownness, like whether you, mm. whether you have nothing to stand on and you can only, um, <laughs> you know, rely on God, but also like being wise, you know, preparing for that. It's not that you're like jumping out of the plane with like no par- parachute, you know, but like you're with a parachute, but you're also like doing something that you've never done before. It makes you feel differently. It makes you makes your mind going, you know, places different that you've been before. And in order to do something differently, you need to, you know, in, a, in order to get something different, you need to do something that you've never done before uh, to change their results. You need to change the, what you're putting in, right? So, so I would say that like, 
that experience was really fun for me and I'm saying it because ever since I went skydiving that one time on my birthday actually like exactly a year ago um, that was actually so interesting because that taught me to face my fears like voluntarily hmm. uh, because there will be a time when you're going to face them so for example if I'm scared of public speaking I'll volunteer myself today to speak publicly <laughs> somewhere because I know that one day if it's going to happen, I don't want to be caught off guard. Mm -hmm. And what have I done with all my time? You know, having all those opportunities. If I'm scared of like, um, you know, not being, you know, uh, understood in my uh, company, you know, where I work, you know, in the career that I'm building, I learn communication skills so I can actually communicate myself properly and, and I volunteer myself to, to speak or create a presentation or speak up and, and, uh, and uh, propose something to the company or career or invest or add to where I go. So just kind of like facing the fears voluntarily, but it ties into my experience with like skydiving because that was like wild. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah that's a great personal note yeah i loved it okay so i personally think about investing and these putting energy into yourself in a specific way in terms of bets where it's like i'm gonna bet this much money or this much time or this much effort on let's say a relationship a job an experience it might even be a book you're betting a large amount of time when you sit down to read a large book mm -hmm. what do you think is worth betting on Ooh, that's a that's a very deep question. I think uh, deriving wisdom from uh, from older people that I've been surrounded with in my life. Uh, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to um, understand their uh, deposits that you're making each time you're spending your time with a person. And those deposits are way more significant than you think that they are. Um, I'm I'm really trying to be very present with with people that I'm in in the moment, uh, because what happens is the moment is going to pass by, mm -hmm. and then you're never going to be able to get it back. So what have you deposited into this person's life? You know, sometimes you can just smile or say hi, or ask how they're doing, or or ask what they're working on, and encourage them to keep on going. You know, that's that's uh, a lot of the times what we're all missing. You know, like a like a stranger just like giving us a, an encouragement. You know, because when we get it from people that we know, we're like, ah, they're just probably saying it because you know they're trying to be nice, they're trying to be supportive. But when you're getting like when you're getting it from uh, from a stranger, it, it makes me jealous because sometimes like from my family or like my sisters or my my girlfriend, you know, like I would hear that people, you know, said something towards them and those people that they completely don't know. And I'm like, I've been telling you guys this, this entire life, but they don't take it as, as closely um, because that's um, because they think that you're just being very supportive of them. So I think uh, I think like having those little small interactions is something that's definitely worth batting our time on. Because sometimes that you think that you're with this person on the bus by accident, but I would like really strongly recommend you to to try to see and believe that uh, you're not by accident with this person. Mm -hmm. I love conversations on the plane. I probably made like over ten people that I'm like really really close friends with 
on the plane, like made friends, like on the plane, thinking that I'll never see them again, open up my heart. And then we're like, and then like two years later, we're still talking, you know, like, um, it's actually sick. Yeah. Because then you go in and you think like, they'll never see me again. Right. I'm just going to share all that stuff that's happening in my family because I'm scared of sharing it with anyone else. And then I actually made like so many friends like that and we're still like friends over Facebook or Instagram. Some of them I even like went visiting in Paris and that was like super fun. So I would really strongly recommend you to believe that the person that you are sitting beside right now or uh, or you're seeing in front of yourself, you're not there by accident. They're not there by accident. Um, a lot of the times if you look into that deeper, you'll find that it's a divine appointment and it's a divine intervention where you can actually find someone, you know, that you can build the rest of your life with, or you can find someone that you can learn from. Uh, so that's something that's like totally worth batting my time on for me. Uh, a total stranger you can do, you can definitely learn from. So, Mm. yeah, that's super cool. Mm hmm. Okay. You can learn from total strangers, but you can also learn from people who are a whole lot closer to you. What is uh, something that you learned from your parents that set you up to live well? Ooh, I love that question because I think it's, uh, it's so easy to answer. My parents taught me to work even when you don't need uh, money. It's actually really cool because uh, their mindset behind working was creating that discipline in your life that creates like tracks for you in a sense. So you're not going off the rails just because you have so much like uh, freedom and stuff. Uh, Because the funny thing about it is a lot of people are chasing that freedom, you know, financial, you know, stability in a sense that they can just have like a passive source of income. But the funny thing about it is that something that happens to you on the other side that not a lot of people talk because not a lot of people get there. But if you had you know, a thousand dollars coming into your bank account for, uh, for till the, until the rest of your life every day, you would be able to find, um, like joy in it. Absolutely. Like you can go do so many things that you wanted to do. You know, you can purchase a motorcycle and go, uh, you know, riding all around the globe. But what I'm trying to say is that there is a specific type of joy that's being extracted from, you being at work and seeing something coming into fruition that you're working on. There is a difference, Mm -hmm. you know, when your family, you know, bought you your first phone and when Mm -hmm. you worked for your first phone, there's a value that comes that stands, you know, beside you and reminds you and whispers into your ear that something is not right when you're mistreating what you have. And that's what my parents taught me having that value by working and working hard and respecting people around you. Uh, never, you know, uh, climbing over like heads when you're climbing a career ladder or anything like always going under humbling and submitting yourself, um, is actually one of the fastest way to go up. You know, I work in construction. Another thing that I've learned from that, you know, combining with what my parents taught me is that the tallest building in town also went the deepest, you know, in town. So they spent a lot of time building the foundation. So yeah. you, if you want to go high, make sure that you spend a lot of time building that foundation. What does it mean? Digging dirt, you know, taking out the rocks, taking out the sand, you know, that's unnecessary. And putting it and filling up, exchanging for a solid concrete that will eventually become your foundation in which you can actually stand, 
and build uh, the tallest building in town, you know. So it's like, but nobody, nobody's getting excited when they see guys like digging, you know, uh, <laughs> like uh, holes and stuff because it's like it's not as uh, attractive, you know, it's not as glamorous. But when you see a building that goes like so much higher up, you know, like we're talking Burj Khalifa, like that's the tallest building in the world right now. And if you look how they poured, you know, the foundation is like they had to dig so deep in order to put their building uh, as the highest building in the world. Yeah. So that's that's what I would say, like two of those things. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll have to remember both of those. Yeah. Do you have any uh, advice on work? Well, let's not do this in the advice sense. What are your thoughts on work, business, and money? Ooh, yeah. Well, you know what? I, I, I don't know if it's too risky, but I would like to flip it in a sense of, you know, work, business, and money into soul, spirit, and body. So okay, body, cool. <laughs> yeah, so body would be representing uh, the money because that's the value that comes into our life. In order to purchase, you know, uh, food, you need to spend money. So that's mm-hmm. taking care of your body. When you're talking about your business, um, I would say uh, that business is more connected to, um, you know, a spiritual aspect. Uh, and I will try to unfold it in, in, the, in the fastest way I can. But when I look at God, I see God as a businessman. We often think that people invented, you know, marriage or business or management or whatever. But God was actually the first one who did it. As a creator, he, uh, he stood up and, and he gave tasks to Adam. You know, he delegated things. So we see an idea of like, you know, you work on your business. You work on your stuff. Uh, one of the first things that God dele- delegated to Adam was actually in the Garden of Eden. He dedicated, uh, he uh, he delegated. He said, "Adam, go and name all the bodies, like of uh, you know, water in a sense, you know, like uh, and all the animals in the in the in the garden, you know, on the planet." So that was really really cool because God is inviting you into a certain business. So. Um, I think that the business is as much as spiritual because you're offering service up to people. You, if you, if you give me any successful business, I'll pick it apart and tell you that there is service that goes to people. You think of Amazon as one of the most successful business uh, businesses uh, in the world. Why? Because they deliver something to your door. That's like service. That's a whole na- like whole new level of service, because what they do is that they deliver that package into your door. You don't have to drive now. They take that away from you. You pay from your credit card, so you don't, or like from your debit card, so you don't have to stand in line to talk to the cashier. So there's a lot of service that comes into that business, and that's why I'm connecting it to the spirit because I think spiritually you are. Um, you know, building things and serving people. And when you're serving people, that naturally creates like a demand that everybody looks at. And they're like, I want that as well. I want that as well. And be plugged in um, into the community in a sense. When it comes to work, I think it's your soul that needs to be filled up. Like I would, I, I, I just hate hearing how a lot of my friends are just like not excited to wake up and do what they're doing. And I know people say it all the time, especially like motivational speakers like Gary Vee, like life is too short, you know, to to work on things that you hate or you don't like. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, spend the time. And I know for a lot of people, it's like really hard to make that leap of faith um, and jump into, you know, into like making money by doing what you love. It's not always easy. And we all try doing that. And like, it's not, you know, worth giving up. 
um, because anything that you're working on can fail, regardless whether you love it or hate it. So I think it's really cool to, to think um, of something in your life that your soul can, can simultaneously be filled up as your business account is being, you know, earning money and income. So, so that's what I would do. I would say, I would say that money is for the body, work is for the soul, and business is for the spirit by, you know, enriching the community not just your bank account, but also enriching the community with the service that you're providing. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah, that's, that's just, it's just a thought. That ties together a whole lot of things that I wouldn't have put together, and that's super interesting. It'll be rattling around my head for a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so what next? Talking about business. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about the next question. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what goes next, and yeah. my, I am blanking, so I'm going to oh, look at my worry. list, and then I'll edit out the... Okay. We've been talking about a lot of big things so far. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's bring it down to the granular. What's the smallest, easiest thing that you do that has made your life better, mm. noticeably better. Yeah, I think I think the discipline towards myself, just having a clean room, having a clean car, having a clean um, environment that you are living in, like it's it's so simple. Like it just you okay. take if if you're being consistent within uh, within your day and you just take care of your things, you know. Um, you know, the smallest thing I do that makes me feel better is I, you know, I go through a drive through and I get a, you know, whether it's coffee or tea, after I'm done, I'm going to take this, you know, cup to the garbage can right away. Like, I'm not going to be, oh, I'm going to do it later. It's like, no, I'm going <laughs> to do it now because I want to, like, I want to take care of my, you know, future by, like, not have to worry about where I'm going to dump it later. Hmm. So, like, small things like that, right? Like, okay. um, yeah, that's what I would say. Just maintaining cleanliness. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Okay, let's bounce right back up to the, uh, the massive scale. Mm -hmm. And if you get the chance to... If, oh, my goodness, I just garbled that. But imagine you get the chance to design a class for high school students. They have to take it when they're in grade 12. Mm. And every single kid on the entire planet has to take this class. What would the class be? Ooh, I really want to say that class would be is solely on listening, oh, teaching cool. teaching people how to listen. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of communication is actually derived from listening. You cannot say uh, a good comeback, and I'm not meaning like a funny comeback. I'm meaning like having a uh, like a very very progressive dialogue you know when you're saying something to me and I'm listening and I'm soaking it in and I'm and I'm processing it and I give you a response back because what happens is that a lot of the times I noticed growing up as a like when I was a teenager I felt like I knew what I was going to say before the person is going to like finish their sentence mm -hmm. and to me that seemed like I was a genius but then I realized that I was a fool I need to listen to the end before I even start you know putting that sentence together in my head of mm. what I'm going to respond like I need you it's so crazy but if you try to like listen what the person is saying without even thinking 
what next, then your segues are going to be so much more smoother than, you know, when you have a conversation with an awkward person and you feel like, okay, what's the next question I'm going to ask? But because you're missing out on what they're saying, your segue is not going to be never smooth as, as you're yeah. listening. Because when you're listening, you can pick out their mood, their attitude, their direction in life, their uh, what they're headed towards. And based on that, you can actually interact with them. You can boost up their day. You can boost up their self-esteem. And it's actually crazy what we can do just by listening. Like we're so excited about speaking. We're so excited about like, you know, public speaking, sharing motivations and stuff like that. But listening is really, really, really something that we're lacking on as a, as a, as a community, not just like in one city or in one school. It's like just all around the world. Like I feel like that would be a, a major class that I would even invest into and, uh, and bring, you know, psych- psychologists and bring counselors and bring philosophers into, you know, into like really, really, really concentrating on how we can listen better. Yeah. Do you have any pointers for how the listeners can listen better? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's that's uh, um, that's very interesting. I think um, what really helps me is I took this counseling class, and it was actually wild. But they were saying that your posture uh, makes a big difference when you're listening. You know, uh, they call it a solar stance. I think was when you're like your shoulders are square. You know, like you're mm. open up. You're not putting your you know, arms crossing one another, you're not putting your legs in a certain way that like leads you away from the person, you're not talking sideways, it's like your body language is is a very good indicator that you're listening. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're talking to someone and they know, like they never even make eye contact and if something is making a sound or a noise, they like, they're instantly there and you feel like so distracted, like is it even worth it my time to just have this conversation with this person? Mm -hmm. I've had those moments so many times because I, uh, in Canada, like I work hourly, so when I make money hourly, it gives me a value of my time. I'm like, hey, listen, like if you're not, you know, if we're not spending time, you're not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this. Like, no hard feelings, but I'm just gonna walk away and work on things that are working for me that I'm building, right? Like, I'm not willing to waste my time just like so careless, um, carelessly. I just, I just need to do do it for you and for myself. So. Um, when you have someone who's listening to you, uh, it's it's seen to you by how they respond, which means that they soaked it in uh, and they listened to the end. They didn't interrupt you, but they still gave you a sign that they were listening. Like, oh, wow, okay, you know, but like yeah. not super like playfully, but like honestly, like if you're captivated, just be captivated. If you're surprised, like let them know that you're surprised, you know, like be communicative in your listening, yeah. which is crazy. Like people don't even know you can be communicative when you're listening, like by I'm listening, <laughs> you know. So even with your, um, with your posture, you can let people know that you're listening and you're enjoying the conversation. So the posture and, and communicating in your listening is very important, I would say, yeah. No, that's so cool. Yeah. I'm curious, what would you say would be the class on? What would the class be on? Yeah. Personally, I would, I would want to give everyone the chance to learn how to create something of very high quality. Mm. It doesn't matter what it is. 
And it doesn't matter how they do it or the amount of time that they put in. What matters is that the product that they create is of high quality. And then I think that it should be, a pre it should be presented to their peers and they should be given the opportunity to learn how to learn on their own terms. Because the way that I see the school system is that we're given a whole lot of check boxes to fill in. Mm -hmm. And because we're given check boxes, a lot of kids are never given the chance to figure out what they actually like doing and what mm. they actually want to do. And because of that, they also never learn how they learn or what they want to learn about. And if you never end up in those positions, then you end up graduating high school and you're like, okay, I, I can do this, I can do that. Do I even know how I operate? Do I even know how to make something amazing? Because the second you learn how to make a high quality product, let's say it's a painting, or maybe you learn how to play a sport, or you learn how to make a video, edit a video, if you learn any of those things, you learn the process of making a first draft, of refining it, of creating a vision and then acting on it. Mm. And through that process, through that learning, you come to a point where you are able to repeat it. It's like, uh, I the first thing for where I did this was I tried to teach myself how to play basketball. Mm -hmm. I learned how to practice very hard, but I learned something from that process. I learned that putting in time is not what matters. It matters what you do with your time. Because mm. I put in a lot of hours, but I didn't get the results I desired because the way that I put in the time was not in accordance with where I wanted to end up. Mm. Then I did the same thing with saxophone. And I taught myself how to play to the level where I could perform with a band that performed in front of professional uh, sports events and all that kind of thing, thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And I was able to perform with them after learning how to play over about four months. Mm. I put in a lot of time. But the biggest thing that I learned over those two uh, periods was I learned how to intentionally practice and intentionally focus. Mm. So what I'm hoping that people would learn by choosing a product that they love is that they can create something that they believe in intentionally through hard work. Mm. And the hard work is a good thing and that it can create things that you want. Wow. So that is my personal answer. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's very cool. I feel like that would be such a, such a helpful and such an experiential class to take yeah. yeah i would be i would be overjoyed to get the opportunity to take a class like that mm -hmm. and i i would hope that most kids would be mm -hmm. because honestly this is the one thing that i didn't mention yet is that learning is supposed to be fun yeah learning is supposed to be exciting you're supposed to sit down and open up the book or the website or the video that you're going to be watching to learn about what you're learning and being like oh my goodness this is cool this is better than the movie i could go watch in the theater right yeah so that's my, that's where I sit. And uh, I got to bring it back to you, Vitaly. Otherwise, I'm going to do all the talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
what have you uh, stood up for over your lifetime and has what you stand up for changed ooh that's um that brings me back to i don't know why but the first thing that came into my mind i um i remember like standing up for like weak people in school and mm -hmm. the reason why i'm saying this is because i feel like um wherever you go you'll see that there are people that are not being valued um and in a sense like you know in their school systems or whatever being bullied or whatever um so i do remember being very you know compassionate towards people that couldn't stand up for themselves and i think bible is also teaching us to do so you know there's a passage in which paul is instructing timothy and uh, and even Titus, in, in a sense, to say um, uh, to take care of the widow and take care of the orphan and take care of uh, people that don't have enough and it's like or couldn't stand up for themselves. So it's like actually really cool to to do that in life. Um, it brings you joy and it brings you a sense of a stronger community. Uh, so. Um, I think that's what I've been doing like growing up in school like I remember like standing up for people that are weaker whether it's like physically or uh, needed help and, and a lot of times like I was actually the one who needed help like even like academics like I don't like academics you know like that's not something that I'm passionate about and I, I also am not super a big fan of uh, of educational systems that we we've built so far so um I would say that I needed help in a sense with like my education from people around from my peers, you know, because I would be like, hey, how do you do that? Like I always thought differently and it never really lined up with the teachers wanted or like <laughs> profs. So I would always like somehow like not know what what to really do, you know, in this and in, in particular like situations and stuff. So um, so I needed that. And I also know that there are people that need that. But also in a real note, you know, with uh, with everything that's happening in the world, uh, there are so many people that just can't stand up for themselves, whether it's because of the language barrier, whether it's because uh, they don't have another, like enough finances. And in order for you to be a warrior of light and bring joy and, uh, and bring happiness into, into the world, you don't need to have finances to do that. You can just speak the same language with someone, you know, and just uh, stand in line for them or tell them what to get, food stamps or stuff like that, right? Or like food mm. banking, how that works. So standing up, and I don't think that actually changed. I think I'm looking for ways to improve that any, anywhere I go. Um, it's definitely a little bit of a journey because I do have days when I just like so like selfish and like self-oriented, you know, and I, I need to make this amount of money. I need to wake up at this time. And when I'm at the gas station, you know, I don't even care if there's a homeless person, you know, beside me. Uh, I just need to fill up my tank and go, you know, but when you slow down and you just understand that there's a power in you to to make this world just a little bit just a tiny better but you still can do it i think that reminder just grows in me uh stronger and stronger every day so i would say that um that's been something that i like stood up for and and still choosing to stand for hmm. yeah how do you manage to continue to be incredibly productive and put in large numbers of hours at work while those are both things that Vitali does mm. just because I know him personally that's how I know that how do you manage to do those things 
while also slowing down? How can you slow down in the midst of moving very quickly? Mm. Well, I think a word that comes into my mind to answer that question is intentionality. You really have to be very intentional about why are you putting so many hours in. Um, you know, for example, like we know each other and we've we've talked about this before. So I, I brought up several times, you know, when I work at least five days a week when I put in 12 hours of work. But I also do, you know, some media and and other things that I'm involved in now with my family being here as well. It's like it's a lot more difficult than, it, than it's ever been. So being intentional about why are you doing this? Like, is that so? Um, the reason why I'll, I'll explain in a little bit. I'm just thinking, you know, when when you are making money, what are you making money for? You know, if it's for like a phone or a car, okay, that makes sense. You know, you're putting in a lot of hours. But yeah. uh, a lot of times for me, the reason why I'm making money is because I wanted to create experience and experiences mm. so for example one of my goals right now is like me, my girlfriend and I we are talking about like potentially what our future is going to look like and with the economy that we're having here right now in BC we are really excited about a tiny home you know building something on wheels and then be able to haul it anywhere you want to go like North Vancouver or like Abbotsford or whatever right <laughs> um, but in order to build it like we estimated that with uh, you know my skills the tools that I have whatever we would need roughly 20k to to to, go, to build a good one like the one of our okay. dreams like which is like not that much of no that's not yeah. that much yeah, especially if you're thinking, you know, the uh, BC box can cost anywhere from 7500 like, uh, sorry, like uh, 700 to anywhere, like up to $2 million around Vancouver, <laughs> you know, lower, like lower mainland. Then you think that tiny home is actually a good, you know, solution. So, um, and then I'm thinking, you know, okay, well, I'm going to work for 12 hours a day in order to uh, make money for a tiny home. But why do I need the tiny home? Because I want to live with charisma, right, with my girlfriend. So if I want to live with my girlfriend, then I do not, uh, I cannot allow myself to forget what I'm working towards. So meanwhile, I'm working towards mm -hmm. that tiny home to live in with charisma with my girlfriend, like later on when we get married um, and we move in together after we get married, then, uh, then I'm like, okay, so wait a second. So I'm neglecting my girlfriend right now because I need to make money to spend more, more time with my girlfriend. You know, it doesn't make sense. So <laughs> intentionality comes to play, uh, that I need to be intentional with, with people around me. I also notice that people that, you know, on a different level, like for example, family and people that are around you, um, they often can feel neglected if you work so much. Uh, mm -hmm. but you can just remind them that, Hey, like we're still on the same page. You know, this is the goal that we're trying to achieve. And the faster I achieve it, uh, the sooner we'll be, you know, doing what we really want to do together. Um, so that really helps. But when it comes to like people that I don't know, Oh, like I always feel so refreshed. Like, uh, when I, you know, just randomly take a home, like homeless person to a shelter, you know, or stuff like that. Like, I don't even care. Like I'll be driving from work and I'm just going to be like very hungry or whatever, but I'll just stop by Tim's, you know, if I see someone around and I'll ask them if they want me to bring them to the shelter or call their like relatives for them, you know, and stuff like that. I always try to do that. Um, the more I live, the less I try to help them financially because uh, that doesn't always like make sense. So if I'm like, I'm asking like, hey, are you hungry? 
or hey can I take you to the shelter or hey can I make you a phone call for you know call your friend or relative or you know because mm -hmm. that allows them to stay in touch with people you know even when they're homeless there's still as a potential that there's somebody who who wants an update on how they're doing if mm -hmm. whether they're still alive or not so um, so being intentional about stuff like that it's 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 always you know you can even set up a goal like with the with Vancouver area you know with the greater Vancouver area we see homelessness is so crazy that you will you you see at least you know two or three homeless people a day you know so make it a goal you know once a week you're gonna just come up to a random person that needs help more than you do you know sometimes I think I look at my bank account sometimes and I think like oh that's the amount of money I have but that's not the amount of money I want but that's the amount of money that somebody else wants so that, mm -hmm. for me, puts it into perspective. It's like, oh my goodness, I actually have something that somebody else needs to live. You mm -hmm. know, so that helps me a lot to be intentional with working a lot, but also pausing and, and enjoying life and, so to say, like, smell the roses, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You seem like the kind of guy who would have thought of this, so I'm going to ask you, how do you stay off the hedonic treadmill? And the hedonic treadmill, if you don't know what that is, that's the mm -hmm. cycle where... You make $10,000, then you're like, okay, I got to make another. Then you make 20, they're like, okay, got to make 40. Then you hit 40, you're like 80. Just keeps yeah. going. The numbers never stop. Well, and I, and I think that's, that's so interesting because to me, um, I would say that it's a very individual aspect. Like why? Uh, because we all have different stories. We all have different goals and we all have different uh, backgrounds, you know, um, I would say it all comes to play. Uh, for me, I I get project after project, especially at work, and I want to, you know, like just like you're describing, I actually can see myself in that. You know, I want to finish one project so I can make that money and jump into another one. Um, but the reason for me is that my dad always taught me about opportunity and time. So he says that this is the opportunity for the time that you're given. And if that opportunity passes, you know, passes you by and you don't take it up, uh, it will be missed. It's it not, it has nothing to do with the next opportunity, whether it's going to come or not. It just has to do with the opportunity you've been given right now and trusted. So recently I had an opportunity at work just to make like uh, almost like 7K and I could do it in like less than 10 hours. So wow. I was like, I want to do it in 10 hours, you know. So I ended up doing it in eight hours. Um, and I was excited and I was like, I've never made so much money in my entire life. It was just like one of the projects for the building that I'm working on. I was like definitely overpaid, but this is the market price. So they were actually paying me lower than they would pay like a, like a local, um, professional to do that. So it was involving constructions and installing appliances. So for me, that was just like so crazy that I could do it in like less than eight hours, like seven K in less than ten, like eight hours. Like who would, like, I've never done it before, you know? Yeah. Like there are summer days when I would make like, you know, 1500 bucks in like 15 hour day. But like, that was just insane. Like I was making so much money in just, you know, in like a, in like a day that I, I just couldn't believe it and that and yet it worked and then I you know after that was done instead of like you know going and grabbing you know a cup of lemonade and just enjoying you know what I just did I literally went back to my boss and I said what else can I do like that you know so <laughs> like and the reason why I did is not because I don't appreciate or I don't enjoy what I've what I've just made or worked on um, but the reason why is because 
um, I recognize that that's opportunity in time. And if I have another one like that coming in, I want to make sure that I do that so I can build, you know, whether it's tiny home or, mm-hmm. or invest or, or raise money towards like helping my family, you know, that just recently come, like came from Ukraine. So stuff like that is like very important to me. So, so it's actually very interesting because like, um, Another thing on a, on a, on a, on the aspect that you're talking about, like just not always like being work oriented and just like making money and never stopping to appreciate. Um, I would say that it's really important for me to have people in my life that remind me. It's like, hey, Vitaly, like, hey, how are you doing? Like, how are you feeling? You know, my girlfriend is that way. Like, I never talk about my feelings, but she's always like, how are you feeling? I'm like, wait, why? But would that matter? And she's like, well, yeah, it matters to me. Like, how are you feeling? Like, maybe you don't want to work so much. And I'm like, actually, yeah, let me see. Maybe we can take a Saturday off and just go, you know, do something fun or work a half a day. And I'm I'm actually very blessed and I don't want to miss out an opportunity to just like brag about my girlfriend because last, last Saturday I said, you know, with the plans that we have right now, we both need to work quite a bit because we want to save up money for a wedding and others and other things. Uh, expenses and stuff and and I said you know I'm gonna go to work do you want to come with me and she came to work with me for just like five hours we worked together and construction we pulled wires we did whatever we had to do she (laughs) was there I learned how like I taught her how to uh, drive uh, a crane you know how to like (laughs) how to like control like the the bucket lift the men lift like stuff like that right just like random things and and I said you know what like let's just do it together so she was a huge help and uh and I was very excited because I've never experienced that before, you know. So, so that was really fun, uh, and I'm excited that she's that way, like very adventurous and stuff. So, so she helps me a lot. She's like, "Wait, how do you feel? Like, slow down. Maybe you don't want to work today. Maybe you want to be, you know, somewhere else." So, yeah, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. That's super cool that you're able to make your own way in a world that's kind of crazy mm-hmm. and know why you're doing it. Yeah. So about that world that's kind of crazy, what would you, you get to change something about society, what would it be? Um, I would say that it's going to bring us back to probably one of my first answers. Like I, I would say that we are really, we're significantly lacking kindness right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are completely, um, we are completely insensitive to towards uh, someone else's pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just uh, Netflix, you know, made our news a modern day Colosseum, you know, Colosseum in which you can, you know, back in the day in Rome, like people would be entertained by somebody else's, you know, being eaten by a lion, you know, or like a gladiator. It's like war, or like uh, warriors, you know, like fighting and stuff. Um, and if you think about it, like, wow, like we were masked up, you know, like back in the day in Mm -hmm. Rome when like they would literally come to see uh, one human killing another human, you know, and that was their entertainment, you know? Um, and that's where the famous phrase, you know, comes from the gladiator, like, aren't you like entertained yet, you know? Uh, and for us, I think like, when is that line? And, And the reason why I say that Netflix makes our news modern day Coliseum is because when you watch things on Netflix, the violence that you see there makes you feel like, oh, it's just a movie. It's not mm-hmm. the reality. But then when you see that on news, you get the same effect because your brain 
cannot really recognize it unless you intentionally tell the brain that this is not just a TV box anymore. This is actually footage of somebody getting hurt. You know, whether Netflix, it's a stage thing, you know, like a movie, you know, um, whether it's a, a TV show or something, and you get, you see those uh, actors getting hurt in the, you know, like those characters getting hurt in the movie, and you know, like, oh, it probably, they probably didn't even feel any pain, right? Mm, yeah. That's why it's such a crazy news for us when we hear, like, that Tom Cruise broke his rib, you know, after, like, performing a stunt, and you're like, wait a second, like, well, that's closer to reality, to the risk that he's uh, putting himself under, right? But once we are watching the Netflix and the news and we can't really realize and we're not intentionally telling our brain that those are the real people and those are not real people. And when you're talking about the real people like hurting, like for example right now, like people in Ukraine. Uh, and I think if the entire world would pull in right now, like we would be able to stop the war. But unfortunately, the, the aspect and the syndrome of the modern, modern day Coliseum is working out so greatly that people are not even, you know, uh, uh, people are not even sensitive to that idea anymore. Like, oh yeah, there's war in Ukraine for like the past five months and the children are dying, you know, and, and the women are being raped, you know, and uh, people lose their properties and their houses where they grew up and need to immigrate, like my family, you know. So, so then you're like, wait a second, so what's really happening, you know? Uh, are we insensitive to what's happening in the world? You know, are we insensitive in the world and community that we're living in? So, so I would say that it, it would bring us back to kindness, like um, being kind and more sensitive to uh, to people and their pain and what they're feeling. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a very very difficult practice because it requires that you you have to be willing to suffer in order to be kind. Mm-hmm. because the first step towards kindness is empathy mm-hmm. and then when someone is truly in pain to empathize with them will hurt you yeah but I, I believe that that's what we should do and I believe that it's a powerful path forward because mm-hmm. a lot of amazing action can originate in empathy oh absolutely I have three more questions, Vitali. Yeah. And we are just about at it. Let's do it. Are there any pieces of art that you have consistently come back to? This could be a book, a painting, pretty much anything. Mm. Even a movie, a song. That's funny that you're saying a movie because uh, there is a movie by Leonardo DiCaprio. It's called Before the Flood. Okay, Uh, I don't know that one. It's a documentary on climate change. And I, I often go back to it. And I also often go back to like movies like Planet Earth and stuff because I get so inspired. Like I don't, with my uh, work and with the stuff that I do, I don't always get a chance to travel. But one of my favorite like, you know, trips was to like Amazon Brazil. Um, So I went there and it was like one of the best trips ever. I went to Manaus and Maues and it was like so cool. Um, we've, I've visited a lot of like villages there and I just love traveling. I love seeing the world. So, um, you know, documentaries like Planet Earth and a documentary by Leonardo DiCaprio that's called, uh, Before the Flood that talks about climate, uh, change is like huge for me. Like going back to that and reminding myself that, Hey, I'm so blessed to live on this planet, you know, that God created for me. 
to, mm-hmm. to take care of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so the gratitude is, mm-hmm. the gratitude is a very, very healthy practice that I yeah. personally believe in. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Okay. That's awesome. This is a complete non sequitur. Yeah. But how do you think about decision making or setting priorities? Hmm. Wow. Um, I feel like I can speak out of my own experience and decision making for me always involves how is that going to affect me and how is that going to affect other people. Uh, it's way easier for me when it's like just me, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, how, how am I going to be affected? You know, oh, I can, I can manage. But also, uh, I feel like there are decisions that will benefit me in the long term and when it comes to a decision, I make sure that I operate under a delayed gratification rule. So I okay. need to make sure that I'm not jumping into this because that's going to something that's going to make me feel good in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to pay it out for like the past seven years or whatever the case mm-hmm. is. Right. So yeah. like delayed gratification makes uh, a big change in my decision making process. Just like not because I want it, but because I need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that there will be time in my life when finances are not going to be, you know, as as as, mu- as much of a challenge or like a, or like a milestone in my life. I know there's going to be a time when in my life when I'm going to have, you know, more time at home rather than at work. Um, but right now I'm just really happy in the now to make the decision to, to work, you know, and, 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 and do all that kind of stuff. And that's because I'm operating under like the late gratification type of rule. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of the, your modus operandi, the way that you're going about things, and uh, with saying, will it help me in the future? Am I sacrificing the present for the future, or am I sacrificing the future for the present? Mm-hmm. And I think that the first is the first is what you're doing, and I believe that it is far yeah. more rewarding. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like you can actually like track the um, track your success by looking around right now, whether you are you know, at, a, at your house or at work, if you look around and you see those things, you are living in something that you've uh, either dreamed about or thought uh, about or hoped for or, you know, because, uh, for instance, you know, we're recording this podcast on these, like, mics yeah. that you put time in to, to purchase them, right? Yes. So that was your intention. So yeah. we're looking at something that, tells me that you put in like intentionality and hard work in which is like really sick so yeah. when I look at you at your life I can tell whether you know you were able to to do that like gratification in your life you know just kind of like well why shouldn't I buy like 20 coffees right now and a burger you know or whatever yeah. maybe I can save up or maybe I can put money aside and, and not get what I want right now but get what I need for for today or for tomorrow yeah that's yeah. awesome this is just the personal question, yeah. not on the list. I'm super interested in this. How yeah. do you define success? Ooh, I, I think I like uh, kind of shortly mentioned it in the very beginning. I think successful is a successful life ties into living well for me. Uh, I think I would say that uh, successful life is that when you wake up in the morning and you realize that... Uh, um, that this is something that's worth doing and worth living for. And if okay. you cannot say yes, then maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not worth doing. Maybe it's not worth like, uh, living, you know, because, um, there is, um, there is a psychological, uh, 
trick that you can play with yourself and you can even tell your friends and you guys can do that together. But when you're flipping a coin and when it lands on the side and then you cover it and you ask what side will you want it to be because that each side represents a certain decision that you're going to make, right? Like, for example, for standing in the store and uh, I say, Simon, I really want these shoes. And you say, but do you really need them or do you really want them? And I say, you know what? I can't make up my mind right now. Let's flip a coin. So when you're flipping a coin and it lands and you cover it from me, and one side was representing I want them and the other side represents I don't get them, you know, then you ask me what side would you want it to be. It's so much easier because you're playing this psychological trick. You're talking about the coin. You're not talking about the shoes. You're not talking about the house. You're not talking about like your career. You're talking about oh. the coin, but the coin represents what you're going to get. So your brain subconsciously makes the decision that's better for you but you think of it as a coin because they're like, oh, oh it's okay. just going to be this side. But why are you saying this? Is because brain already laid out a pathway and how that's going to come into fruition. Oh, okay. So it's actually really sick. And I've done this before, even with my sister. It was actually so cool because she came to me and she said, Vitaly, I have an opportunity to buy this land very cheap in Ukraine. And I said, well, let me do this thing for you. So I flipped the coin and I said, which, one, which side do you want it? And she said... I kind of feel overwhelmed if it's going to be the coin that's like facing the side that's going to tell me that I should purchase this land. Mm. And guess what? She never purchased it because she felt overwhelmed. And I said, well, I'm not even going to show you what the coin was because you already made your decision. Um, and once she decided, yes, you know, she said, I'm not going to purchase it. The war happened. And if she would have purchased it, it would have been there now. So all her money would have been in the land. So hmm. it helps because somehow your mind knows and your mind will tell you that you're feeling overwhelmed. And sometimes people think like, oh, well, you know, I shouldn't feel overwhelmed or I should be better this. But like, why are you feeling overwhelmed? Like, why are you, f sorry, why are you feeling overwhelmed? Right. So anyway, so that's, that's kind of like interesting, a little <laughs> bit of a. Rabbit. Yeah, that's a really cool one. The way that I'm thinking about it, if I'm trying to break down the mechanics of it, mm -hmm. is that with the coin one there's an immediacy to the decision yeah exactly and then the other side is that it's an abstract it makes it abstract because mm -hmm. when you're flipping the coin you aren't looking at the shoes you aren't looking at the price tag yeah you're thinking about them exactly and i think it's sort of like we've all gone to friends and asked them for advice and then when or we've all had people give a come to us for advice yeah and when you're the one who's giving advice the other person's scenario seems so clear, mm. so easy to understand. You just yeah. break it down. It's like, exactly. If you want to do it, just go for it. Don't stop stressing. Then, but when you're sitting there, you're like, oh my goodness, should I do this? Should I not do this? What on earth is going on? Yeah. It's because I think with the coin, you become detached from the situation, mm -hmm. and it becomes abstract. And through that process, you're able to think clearly. Yeah, I just think that's that's super cool. I love breaking things down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that was, that was good. Okay, this has been fantastic, Vitali. I've got one final question to mm -hmm. close it out. If I could learn one thing from you today, and that's all that I learn, what's the most important thing that you have to teach me? Wow. I love these deep questions. They're like one after another one, like so, so, so deep. <laughs> I don't I know why. I uh, loaded up my machine gun <laughs> yeah, yeah, ready yeah. to pelt you. I know, it's... it's uh, it's crazy. I, I love it. I don't know why. Like I, I even told Charisma that I was really excited to come on the podcast with you, Simon, and share 
uh, things and I always just enjoy the conversation even like the the fact that you break down the mechanics of like the coin you know situation is like so fun to me like I love those kind of things like I love when people think and process stuff and and you're so like connected with life that you were like excited to um uh, to to get to know those things right that you can implement them in life and it's so cool like I definitely can see your love towards life and the reason why I'm saying this is because I told my girlfriend I said charisma I really wanted to be authentic so I'm I'm not even gonna look through these questions you know like I'm not gonna get prepared like I'm just gonna like do it on the spot and wow, just be that's honest. cool so I feel like if I'm being con- consistently, you know, honest and just saying things on the spot, the first thing that came into my mind, which I'm trying to do for the past little while, like for the past six months, I'm trying to say whatever comes first into my mind and unpack it. So the first thing that say that I wanted to say, like when you ask me the question, what can I learn from you today? And that's, you know, would be the most important thing I would say love. And it's so crazy because like, there are different kinds of love and I'm not saying like romantic type of love. I'm talking about like love that you can experience towards life, which you already have. Mm. So I'm so excited that we're connecting that way because I feel like I wish I could teach people to fall in love with life. Oh my like, goodness, that would be. Yeah, so I, I wish I could just like bring that life and light into people's life that they can just be like, wow, I want to be in love with my life, you know, because we take it for granted and like there isn't a person in this life that would like convince me otherwise, but I do actually think that we take our life for granted. If we really knew how precious it is, mm-hmm. each breath we take, each heartbeat that our heart is making, mm-hmm. like we would value every moment every word we say you know every person we interact with and that would make our life so much more so much more like of worth a while you know worth living um so if i could teach that somehow or 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 pass it on to someone and say like hey just fall in love with life like fall in love with life. you're broke fall in love with life you're lonely fall in love with life like you are going through something difficult, fall in love with life because if you're falling in love with life, you will instantly be so much more happy, so much more excited because what you fell in love with, not money, you fell in love with life. Mm. So you have life until, until you have life, you're loving it. And if you fall in love with money, money runs out, you're not happy. Mm-hmm. If you fall in love you know, with a person that only that person is the only source of joy in your life, that person can leave, die, go away, forget you, and then that joy is gone. So I want uh-huh. you to build your joy on something which I, you know, uh, I've experienced, which is like life and love it and, um, and have a relationship with God in order to like learn how to love life properly. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I would just say. Oh, yeah. that's so beautiful. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Have you ever had the experience of, for example, often when I would be sitting at a bus stop or I'd be sitting in the middle of a park or something like that, I would open my eyes and I would stare out at the world and the gravity of the fact that we exist would mm-hmm. fall right on top of my shoulders and I would be <laughs> I love that. blown away. And I would just sit there and think, 
how on earth do I exist? Mm. How on earth does any of this yeah. exist? The yeah. fact that I'm talking to you and the sounds that come out of my mouth make any sense to you mm -hmm. is absurd. It's incredible. It's honestly unbelievable. It's <laughs> wild. Like I love that. And that's what I'm saying, Simon. Like it's so cool like to to see you being so in love with life and I'm so excited for this podcast because I'm sure that people you're going to have uh, on this podcast and the people that you've already had, even the glimpse of that uh, older lady there heard, like it's so sick. Like there's so much wisdom. There's so many nuggets of joy and uh, loving life experiences that will be shared. So I'm like excited to, to see what you're unfolding with others and, and just even sharing your thoughts. Like I'm excited to hear that too. So like a lot actually. So yeah. I'm so excited as well. And super thankful that you could be one of the first guests. You're yeah. number three. Yeah, number three. Lucky I love number it. three. I feel honored and privileged. Like so, thank you so much. That's huge. Yeah. Along those same lines, when you're saying teaching people to live, love life, if what I'm doing here can give even one bit of joy mm. to anyone over the course of the entire podcast, over mm. the course of everything. If I can give anyone joy through this process, it's worth it. Wow. Yeah. And even on top of that, every conversation I have, I get excited about. Yeah. yeah. I get excited about talking to you guys. I get more excited about listening to you than about talking myself. <laughs> and it's, it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh. I love it. Okay. I think we'll wrap it up right there. Yeah. And I will give... All of you listeners, ways to reach me and Vitali in the, in the little notes at the end of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And if you have anything to say to us, I'm sure that you can, you'll figure out a way to reach us, either through the website or social medias. Perfect. So have a great day, everybody. Yes. And I hope you enjoy your lives. Hello, everyone. It's Simon. I know you thought you were done with me, but I've still got a few things to say. The first is thank you. I really appreciate that you're taking the time to listen to my conversations and I hope that they're adding value to your lives. The second is that if you're enjoying the podcast and want to support me in what I'm doing, you can do that in a few ways. The first is by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The second is by subscribing to my email newsletter. This can be found by going to my website learningfromhumanity.com scrolling down to the section titled interviews and filling out the form titled want to hear about new content. The third way you can help me out is by following me on Instagram at learning from humanity. The mailing list and Instagram are similar in that those are the places where you will hear about cool new content. News of anything new will be shared via those channels. The final and most important way you can help me out is by suggesting a guest. The guests that I'm looking for are the old and the bold. The old are those who are 65 plus and can look back at their life and say, I have something to teach others about living well based on what I've learned over my years. The other category, the bold, consists of people like me, like you, maybe a few years younger, maybe up to the age of 35, who are actively trying to live the best life they can and have something to show for it. I'm not picky about who I interview, as long as they fit into those categories. It could be you, it could be your grandma, it could be your best friend who does uh, roller skating professionally. 
or makes really, really cool YouTube videos. I don't know who I'm going to interview, and I'm excited to find out. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for putting up with me gabbering on for so long, and I hope you have a great day.